everybody. Welcome to the show. I think for the first time on the show, I'm without a co-host. Uh, it was kind of fun to have a one-on-one chat with our guest, Adam Paterino. Adam is the co-founder and the chief product officer at Casted. Adam will tell you a little bit about Casted and kind of what they do. But one of my favorite parts of our chat was some of the unique ways that you can use podcasts, some of which maybe we'll start doing here at SCP. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Adam. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Welcome to Behind the Product, a podcast by SCP, where we believe it takes more than a great idea to make a great product. We've been around for over 30 years, building software that matters more. And we've set out to explore the people, practices, and philosophies to try and capture what's behind great software products. So join us on this journey of conversation with the folks that bring ideas to life. I figured we'll get started with like an easy question, just for context setting in case anybody listening has no idea who Casted is. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about Casted, how it came to be. Sure. So Casted started out from a tough conversation that our CEO had with her boss. She was currently running the marketing team over at a, a large global marketing automation company. And her boss was like, you know, I see that you're doing this podcast. What's it doing for the business? And she couldn't quite answer. Uh, and that's kind of where the spark of this idea for being able to measure the impact of uh, your your video and your audio comes from. And that's where Casper was born. So, you know, I had met Lindsay at the same company and we came together and, and with our third co-founder, Zachary. And we, we started Casted and we quickly grew realizing that, you know, there's a big need for conversations in our, in our marketing material. When we were kind of nailing down, what did we want Casted to be? Uh, sure. You know, we could do a, a product or a piece of software built around podcasting, but we knew it was a lot deeper in the marketing world. And so we really started coming up with this idea uh, that we call amplified marketing. And so Casted is the first amplified marketing platform. And the idea is to start with conversations, kind of like what we're doing here, uh, and talking to experts, not that I am one, uh, <laughs> but definitely talking to your experts out there, right? And using those conversations to fuel the rest of your marketing strategy. So you can start, you get a podcast basically for free out of that conversation. And then you, know, you can cut out clips from it. You can write blog posts based on it. You can imagine being a junior uh, writer and maybe not being an expert in the world, but if you get to listen to an interview with an expert, it becomes a lot easier uh, to write your part of the content. So yeah, that's uh, that's Castle. We built a platform all, all around that. So I want to get into the platform here in a second, but something you said uh, just, just got my mind going. Why do you think conversations are so powerful? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's like really deep inside of our brains. Right. I think there's a reason that talk radio is huge, that um, podcasts are now huge. Um, you know, I think that we get a lot of energy out of talking with someone and being able to be on the inside of a conversation, um, whether you're just listening in on it, I think is also really powerful. I think it's that way because like our brains process information a lot more easily when it's coming from you know, this conversational colloquial, you know, 
format. When you get to read, you almost have to like process in another layer there. Like your brain has to do a little bit extra work. Um, but if you just hear it, you know, A, it's coming through your auditory system and, and B, it's using words and phrases and incorrect grammar <laughs> in a way <laughs> that I think our brain uh, has a lot easier time uh, translating into information. That's that's fair. You know, I think I read something here recently about the amount of information that is transferred in the different ways that we communicate as a society. So uh, I forget the exact example that it gives, but if you're having a face-to-face conversation, it's terabytes of information that you're transferring. If you're having a phone conversation, it's gigabytes of information, you know, all the way down to uh, kilobytes if you're texting each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's a really good, really good way of thinking about things. If you're listening to a conversation, you're getting way more information than if you're reading a blog, maybe, you know, cause it's, it's been, it's been so sanitized and edited and, you know, written out in this, such this concise way that, um, I feel like you miss so much context. That's what's so nice about this. I, you say something that I didn't necessarily think about prior to us talking and I'm like, Ooh, I want to dig into that a little bit just for even more added context. Yeah, I definitely like that idea of sanitization, right? Uh, Which I think as people, we just, we want that human element. And so, you know, when you think a lot, we we play almost entirely in the B2B space, right? So all the content that we work with and our customers are are producing, I mean, it can be bland in a blog post, right? It it can be... (laughs) very dry uh and yeah. when you attach a human to it i think it becomes a heck of a lot more entertaining and a lot easier to uh engage with and understand and you know want uh you know to dig into that's true you bring the human element in right you're not you're not yeah. just you know reading uh reading a computer screen so i you know i feel like you kind of maybe touched on this a little bit but i'm you know for for yourself you know you mentioned you and Lindsay touching base uh, or getting together at at a previous company and kind of jumping into this idea of casted, you know, what about helping uh, bring branded podcasts to market was compelling for you? You know, I know casted more than that. I want to get into that in a second, but what was compelling about the idea that made you want to get involved? Yeah, I mean, the thing, the story that really hooked with me early on. I mean, and this is a story we told over and over, right, in our seed pitch. Uh, we were meeting with, uh, you know, investors and they were asking that same question. Why B2B podcasting? I, I don't know that I see it. And the story that we would tell was, you know, if you think about blog posts, you know, at the turn of the century, you know, web 2.0 is coming around, you know, the 2000s, you had the big boom. And, you know, you and I, maybe we ran, you know, a personal blog, you know, writing about guitars or, you know, our coffee addiction or something. And, HubSpot was a really great example of a company that took this medium of blog posts that didn't seem like a business opportunity or a business channel, and they turned it into what is arguably the de facto thing that every business does and is absolutely critical in our B2B marketing strategy. And I think podcast is that channel. I think it's the next version of that, right? I think if you think about how powerful and how huge the industry has gotten around podcasting, it kind of makes sense. Um, and one of the things that Lindsay says a lot that I really attach to is, you know, wherever the audiences go, so too go the marketers. 
So, you know, wherever that ends up being, whether that's the TV, the radio, the blog post, uh, you see marketers in every industry go wherever there's lots of eyes and ears. Uh, and podcasting is definitely that space. Mm. So I want to I want to talk about that in a second uh, because I think that there, I would imagine, the last eighteen months you've pr- you've probably seen some surprising things or things that uh, have changed a little bit, like most people. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but before we jump into that, I want to talk about like the product of Casted. You know, obviously we we use you guys. Uh, we use the the you know the cloud platform that you guys have built out. But there's also like a services side to the business as well. And I was wondering if you could, you know, you know, maybe just talk a little bit about like, what is the actual product of Casted? How do you guys talk about it and, and kind of explain it to, to customers? Yeah. Yeah. So, so Casted is a solution for bringing your conversations into your marketing strategy. And so like most SaaS software, especially those serving other businesses, um, we do have a software component, primary part of our business, and we do have supplementary services that we offer to help extract the most out of it. So, you know, the reason for that being uh, everybody's busy and we have developed some expertise um, around our software. So um, Casted, the idea is you bring in your multimedia and you bring in all of your audio content, particularly your podcast shows, bring in your video content. We have more and more customers moving a lot of their video uh, over to the Casted platform. And what we do is we transcribe everything and not just with an AI level transcription that somehow reads the word hot dog when you did not say hot dog. <laughs> uh, instead, we, we partner with a human level transcription service that will actually send it out and have a human listen to it and transcribe it very accurately. That allows us to do a ton of great stuff. So if you can imagine, right, you've got millions of words that you've written in your blog post over or in your, your blog archive, you know, over 10 years. You can find that stuff. You can search for it. Google's actually yeah. helping you do that. Yeah. But with video and audio, you've got hours and hours of content that nobody knows how to find anymore. And that's one of the great things about Casted is because we transcribe everything, we're also indexing everything. So you can mm. easily find when someone said X six months ago. So if you're a sales team, you're like, I know we have somebody talking about this. It's type, you know, type it away and there's your episode, right? Uh, we also make it a little bit easier to share that stuff. So when you do find it, you can easily generate a clip, whether it was a video or a piece of audio or whatever, clip it and share it. And rather than having to be like, you know, part art major to figure out how to generate this clip, we'll just use your brand templates, uh, create those with you and two clicks and you've got your clip that you can share uh, wherever it needs to go, whether it's part of your marketing or sales efforts. Um, and that's, you know, the quintessential ideas behind Casted. Yeah, really being a user of the system, it um, uh, that was one of the biggest selling points for me was being able to, uh, you know, I I could edit a show together if I if I had to. I, I've, I've done it, but definitely not an expert in that, nor, nor am I quick in any way, shape or form. So being able to go in and just quickly create something to help promote or draw attention to, hey, we have this new show out here's something that we found interesting, check it out. Here's a 60 second thing that somebody can listen to and then drill in if they want to, um, was, was just super, super nice. So that is, that is definitely my favorite feature. 
but I never even thought about the transcription services being used as a as an index, like a searchable index. That's never crossed my mind. I cannot wait for you to see what's next with that. Um, mm. As a little peek for that, we are developing this idea that is speaks to how content marketers approach their content. So a lot of people, a lot of companies will look ahead. They're like, all right, the next quarter, we're really focused around this concept. Uh, we call those themes. And so what we're starting to do is allowing marketers to plug in their themes, uh, some associated keywords, right? I, we may be talking about marketing, but maybe we're using other words to describe it, right? Uh, collect all those ideas together into a theme, and then we're going to look through all your transcripts and analyze all of your content and figure out these are the pieces of content you already have related to the theme that you're looking to focus on. Just super powerful. I mean, we're constantly on the treadmill of creating new content, but the cool thing about the treadmill wheel is that it comes back around. So let's use that content instead of like inventing new pavement all the time. This this analogy is getting really convoluted. <laughs> but you can see just how powerful that'll be of just uncovering the content that you already have and how you can reuse it, repurpose it, or even inspire, you know, your next piece of content. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's, you know, I could have used this for the last 18 months. So uh, <laughs> I'll tell a quick story of something silly that I've been doing for the last 18 months. So the day that we sent everybody home and like started working from home as a company. I, th- I want to say it was March 16th, something like that. I sent a little selfie video out over Slack to the whole company, just literally from my office. It was six o'clock in the morning. I'm at home just saying, Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, hope you're having an awesome day. We're getting ready to embark on a new journey, you know, looking forward to staying connected with you, so on and so forth. I have now Signed my, I signed, didn't realize at the time that I signed myself up for this, but I have now sent a video every day. Oh my gosh. 18 months. (laughs) Wow. Uh, uh, So far, I think I've been a little bit late. Like it was um, a couple of afternoons, I think one evening, but I haven't missed a day. Um, That's amazing. Sending out those, those videos, but it generating, okay, what am I going to talk about this morning? Like what's on my mind and recycling stuff or thinking about expanding on a previous idea. Um, I know this is a terrible example and not a very useful one, but I could have used it for my own personal uh, uh, endeavors here here recently. No, it, it's a perfect example. I, I love the idea. Yeah, I, and that whether it's internal, whether it's external, whether it's you know focused around driving brand new you know uh, markets, or whether it's about engaging previous leads. There's so many content strategies that we come up with in any given moment. And just being able to bundle together what do we have and what do we need. And that's really the future of Casted is, is how do we become much more strategic in your, your content marketing strategy and, and life cycle? Uh, well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, not, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not really even a marketer. I'm just a, a guy, an extrovert that really enjoyed <laughs> podcasting as a way to connect with people. Uh, yeah. so I'm, but I'm learning more and more about marketing uh, the more I, I do this. Hey, we're all, we're all marketers. There you you go. There you go. So, you know, I'm curious about your, like as, as chief product officer, you know, what's your approach to product management inside of Casted, you know, talking about the future and the things that are coming up, 
you know, tell me a little bit about your the way that you kind of lead the organization in product, your teams, and maybe some of the hows that you guys have inside of Casted. Yeah, um, I think that product is. I mean, obviously, I think this is the most interesting part of any business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, especially in software, right? Like what we are selling is what you know my team is building. I think it combines so many different disciplines and you have people that are very artistic and very creative that work inside the product work. So I feel very grateful for being able to work where I work every day. For me, you know, when I think about the goal of a product organization is obviously to create stuff that we can sell and create stuff that helps our customers um, in some way and helps delight them and make them very happy. And I think the challenge for any product leader is how do we then translate that into an everyday set of things that the team knows they need to do uh, and does very well. And one of the things that we kind of repeat a lot is focus on the why. And I think you'll hear that a lot. You'll hear it all over the industry. You'll hear it all over the world. You'll hear it, you know, in, in other departments. For us, what it means is we really put the onus on each individual person to really understand why they're doing what they're doing. So one thing that we do kind of weird um, from an engineering perspective is once we get an idea together, once we have a feature really, you know, designed out, the engineers themselves will actually write the ticket. They'll write their own dev ticket of what they're going to work on, how they're going to build it. And we had some frustration <laughs> when we first started doing this. Sure. Uh, Cause a lot of engineers were used to having a, a a product marketer write their ticket for them and they would spec it out and do grooming. But our grooming is much more involved because we want our engineers to really understand why they're building what they're building. And when you have that, when, when there's an alignment on the why rather than the what, it's amazing how much better the end result is. I'm sure you're familiar. You have a lot of like products that you've, you know, written out in such detail and you knew, okay, there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to get anything other than what I've designed. You know, you, you spent years even designing something, uh, lots and lots of time writing it up. And then the engineering team gets hold of it. And what they delivered doesn't quite look like what you thought. Uh, and this, Never that's just this. because, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just that there was a misalignment on the why. Sure. Uh, and a lot of people focus on the what. And, yeah. and for us, like having that de- that developer write out what they're doing ensures that. And it's so cool to see everybody kind of jump on that uh, passion for the customer because that's ultimately why, right? That's really, I mean, that's encouraging to hear. Uh, n- not surprising that, you know, that transition might have been challenging, you know, probably incurred a little bit of uh, pushback here or there. You know, how do you feel like that has created more of a product development team rather than the um, um, the engineering teams over here, the design groups over here, and, and the quote-unquote business sits over here, right? Well, no, we're actually just one collective group serving in different capacities. You know, how do you yeah. feel like that's helped that relationship? Yeah, I, I get this question a lot, which is like, you know, how do you balance business needs with with product needs or product strategy? And I'm always like, what do you mean they're the same thing? <laughs> Especially in, in our world, right? Because we're yeah. selling what we're building, right? And for us, the the strategic or tactical thing that we do is what we call um, a betting table. 
Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what we're doing for sh- with 100% certainty. No one knows that what we're going to make will sell or will make a customer happy, right? So everything that we do, we just acknowledge that there is scarcity of information and therefore inherently there's risk. And we are kind of taking a gamble. Um, I did just have my bachelor party in Vegas and I can tell you, I learned I don't like gambling. I thought yeah. I might, but I don't. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's interesting to learn about yourself. It's um, a good thing to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, 32 and I'm just now learning this. But uh, <laughs> a better kind of gambling <laughs> is is in the product world. And what we do is we encourage the entire organization to A, put in the trough of what we're going to build, right? Pitches. We, that's what we call them. We call them pitches. And then we're going to, as an organization, bet on what we think the best next thing is going to be. Mm. And so when we acknowledge, right, that we don't have all the answers and we are taking a gamble, we are taking a risk, you have to balance that with time. And so as a product org, we all acknowledge the rest of the business and the business acknowledges to us that we are going to take a, a time box of time. It's kind of redundant, yeah, but we're going to we're gonna box our yeah, time. We're going to say we're going to spend six weeks on this, six weeks only. Then we're going to assess it and we're going to figure out, did it work? Do we want to spend more time on it? Do we want to invest more? And that has been a really great way of getting everybody on the same page. Like, if you don't agree with what we're building next, you're only waiting a certain amount of time. And then, depending on the results, you get to say, ha I was right. Uh, and so we call this whole theory or this whole concept um, descent and commit. And it's probably one of the most core tenets of Casted. I mean, back from when it was just the three of us founders all the way to, my gosh, we're almost 40 people now. It's a huge part of our wow. culture. Uh, and it's what's made products such an integral part of the overall business. That's, I mean, that's that's really cool. So you're, you're touching on uh, some things, you know, that are in like the Marty Kagan world, Jeff Patton world, a little bit maybe of the jobs to be done space. You know, tactically speaking, are there are there any specific tools that you have found that have worked really well or techniques maybe that you'd say, man, yeah, this this worked really well for us because of X, Y or Z that you feel like other people might benefit from? Yeah, I the thing that I think aligned really closely with our culture that we deploy to some degree is um, shape up by basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is a, you know, I mean, it's basically a form of agile, which I I think the shape up methodology works for us because it is based on, you know, these ideas of betting table. In fact, that's where a lot of that language is stolen from, right? Borrowed. Well, we'll use the word. <laughs> um, Inspired. But, by. you know, I think the interesting, some of the things that we have changed is we've actually added in um, an additional layer where one, we definitely have a backlog, you know, in Shape Up, they talk about not having a backlog, which I think is, is silly because someone is writing it down and they do have it written down in a sure. backlog. Maybe yeah. you as an exec don't know about it. <laughs> but um, the other piece is we've actually introduced a, a middle layer. So we have a, a development team that works in six-week cycles and, and they, they do their work and they have a great time, you know, devving for four weeks, cool down for two. And they get that consistency. We also have another layer that we call Mouser because podcast, 
is a big part of our culture as well. Uh-huh. So, oh, I have seen podcast. I really want a <laughs> podcast of my own, but I know that there's 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 a one and only. There is the only the one and only. Yeah, uh, we did have that. We did have podcast made, um, and he's uh, he's a unique creature. Yeah, but yeah, so so we have this role that is literally there to solve customer problems from a development perspective asap, and uh, that team's role is is literally essentially a, a dev tier support and they do features and they do bug fixes. And the, the dividing line is like, as long as it can be done in a day or two, that's on their list. Otherwise we should schedule it. But that that's something I don't think a lot of businesses consider as like the agile world is great, but it's very time consuming and it does require a customer to wait six weeks plus all the time we have to do testing plus all the release time and, and all that kind of stuff. And for us having this middle layer where we can short circuit the whole cycle and build for them and solve for them allows us to be a lot more responsive. And I think our customers really feel that. And our sales team certainly feels it, right? Oh, yeah, uh, They I get bet. a lot of rave reviews that they can use to go out to the market. Well, I love how you, you know, you guys have taken something that, you know, has been, you know, very popularized to something like shape up, but then found ways to either adapt it or um, create your own set of, of processes and structures that suit you as a business. I mean, that's really what it's all about. I don't know that I would ever uh, acknowledge or agree that there is a one size fits all solution to any company. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just don't believe in that personally. It's kind of like that old adage, right? Like, you know, your battle plans are great till the very second they meet the enemy, right? That's and right. It, it, that's just the reality of things is if you're not planning for something to go wrong, even if you're planning for it, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you just have to acknowledge that. Um, and that's a big part of, of our culture is just allowing for flexibility. I love that. It's, uh, it's, it's very wise. You know, the, these <laughs> things can be a great starting point, but unless you master right. them and adapt them, it's, um, uh, you're, you're kind of painting yourself in the corner. Exactly. So I want to get back to talking about just the podcasting in general and maybe podcasts in the near future with a, with a, with a quick look, you know, maybe here in the last 18 months, there's been a little thing going on this pandemic that is, that has hmm. changed, you know, um, I'm you, has changed just a, just a little thing. Um, <laughs> I'm being super sarcastic. Anybody listening? Yeah. It has definitely impacted my podcasting um, habits, right? Because mm-hmm. you know the the commute was like the quintessential podcast mm-hmm. time, and I I don't know if this is actually true. I have read conflicting information, <laughs> as you can do with any topic these days. You know that uh, well, podcasting is going down. Well, no, podcasting is going up because people are just replacing their commutes with walks or pe- Peloton rides. You know, I don't know, what have you maybe seen in the last 18 months? And what's maybe one thing that has surprised you? Mm. I, I mean, for us, you know, we've seen just amazing growth. You know, we we raised our Series A, you know, in February to May timeframe. And we couldn't have done that without a lot of success during, frankly, the pandemic. And I think a lot of that is you had a ton of money tied up in events and travel in the marketing world that 
got redistributed to digital platforms. And that has been really helpful for us. We have a lot of digital events that we host and casted that, I mean, if you're doing a webinar series, which a lot of companies do, right? Um, We we have done them. Right. You use casted, you upload it, you get it transcribed. You do the same things. You do, you clip it. You have all this great, rich content that you can then repurpose into the rest of your marketing strategy. I think podcasting as, as a medium, maybe we as a culture are finding different times to listen to it. I think there's something to be said for the work from home has really changed our lives in a more fundamental way than just eliminating the commute. Oh, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's not like I'm waking up the same time I used to, jumping right in the shower, you know, riding my car, so to speak, to the office two doors down from my bedroom. <laughs> you know, my commute doesn't look like that and my day doesn't look like that anymore. So, you know, rather than waking up at the same time, maybe I'm spending a quiet bit of time longer, you know, reading the news or I'm in bed or going through email in a, in a different place than I would have. I also think we're spending a lot more time frankly, taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And when we think about self-care, I absolutely think educating ourselves is part of that. And I don't think I've ever learned so much in an amount of time that I have in the last 18 months. There's just been so much more opportunity to feel like I can sit down for a second and listen or watch or read. And I think that's where we're seeing these conflicting things, right? Everybody's been affected differently. And Logically, there has been time that was dedicated towards a format like podcasting that has been reduced or in a lot of people's lives gone away. But we've also seen this absolutely wonderful change in our ability to balance our lives and invest in ourselves as people. Mm. Um, and I think part of that is absolutely, you know, podcasting and, and all this other wonderful content that the businesses are creating for humans. That's such a good point, and I I couldn't agree more. And I don't know that I've I've really sat back and thought about the way that I've consumed media and information differently in the last eighteen months. It, it's definitely been through maybe different phases, but I am listening to different content now than I was eighteen right. months ago. Yeah, I mean, oh, man. I frankly am avoiding some of the harder to hear stuff than I was. And I am looking for things that engage my mind in ways that sometimes are distracting, sometimes help me grow as a person, which just feels nice. And I think we need that. That Man, that's such a good point. So <laughs> thanks. So you mentioned a little bit ago, you know, when you were talking about um, kind of the, the idea behind Casted and, you know, how, how blogs at the, at the, you know, turn of the dot, dot com bubble became just, you know, the way that we do business as a de facto, you know, marketing strategy, you know, where do you think we are maybe in the, in the maturity of podcasting and, and more specifically like branded corporate podcasts, not just, you know, Zach doing, talking about something silly in his house. I, From a podcasting standpoint, I think we are right at the transition of that hockey stick. So, you know, you look at the bell curve and things are starting to tick up, right? We've we've definitely had growth. If you think about it in terminology of crossing the chasm, right? We have gone from an early adopting. We're now squarely set into this early majority. 
And we're seeing brands that you would not expect to use podcasting, using it regularly and feverishly and believing wholeheartedly in it. There's just so much data out there pointing to the adoption of podcasts in a rapid scale. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously wonderful for us to see. But I also think it's it's great for businesses to be putting this human element alongside themselves. You know, I think <laughs> there was such a big move uh, for these cute and quirky videos to describe your business to the point that every business now has to have that huge play button with a jokey, fun, animated <laughs> video describing what they do that doesn't say anything at all. <laughs> and I'm so happy to see this more grounded and authentic format uh, take such a hold in these businesses. Um, you know, we've got a huge manufacturing company that uses podcasting and they're connecting with their buyers who are also in the manufacturing world. What a cool thing. I mean, you're, you're getting to talk directly to your customer with yeah. your voice and they're learning something and they're growing and they're gaining something that that relationship I think is so much more intimate, so much more powerful um, than, you know, this kind of look at a screen and, and be spoken to. Right. Um, it's like the difference between dialogue and monologue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Or mono and stereo, right? You, yeah. You, yeah. It's, it's a whole other dimension that, yes, the words that you and I are sharing right now are cool and they could be written down in red, but there is a, an extra dimension to listening and being a part of the conversation in a way uh, that I think is what makes podcasting so powerful and then why you're seeing such great adoption for it. Mm. Okay, so we were talking a little bit about this before the show. What's the most unique way that you've seen a podcast used? Yeah, yeah. So um, selfishly, <laughs> uh, we, or I guess uh, self-promotingly, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Cast is one of the cool things that we've done that we don't make any money at, <laughs> frankly. But sure. uh, we use podcasting for job descriptions. Uh, and so we on our job board for most of our open positions, what we, what we do is we record, I, it's short, it's five minutes. And, you know, what we do is at the top of the job description, we're like, listen to the podcast about this job. And for me, it's like me getting to tell someone what's casted about, uh, what is this role specifically about? How do you know if you're a good fit, if you should apply and feel confident in, in your application? And it's so cool to be able for someone to hear my voice and hear the energy and the excitement that I have for someone applying uh, and the feedback that we've gotten on it. It's just so great. Like people are so warm. They come in with so much more comfort, uh, knowing a little bit about who they're going to be talking to, interviewing with, but also getting a feeling of like, they know this person yeah. and getting an understanding of some of the values and ideals that frankly are, like you said, sterilized yes. out of a job description. I mean, talk about sterilization. <laughs> the job description is the worst, right? That's so true. Yeah. Cause you get to hear, you get to hear the warmth in your voice and the little bit of the playfulness of your personality. You, you, you don't get the tone when you're reading. No. I mean, I, I, when I was writing job descriptions at the very beginning of casted, we were like, 
<laughs> there's no way like we you know we, we were outsourcing our hr at the time and they were like no can't say that can't say dude in your job description I'm like oh, okay fine um you know so when we got a chance <laughs> to do the the podcast for it we were like this connects this this is you know how we want people to to think about us as people you are ultimately getting a job with a person yeah that's cool all right, I got I got one last question. And All right, bring it on. You get to be our second guinea pig for this. We're trying to do thing <laughs> with our shows of like asking the same question at the end of every of every channel. Oh, yeah, I love that. So we're gonna test it out and see how it goes. Okay. So what keeps you or what excites or motivates you most? Mm. My thing has always been since the start of my career um, is solving problems. Mm-hmm. And I visualize it always with a whiteboard next to me. <laughs> in fact, uh, my most coach people and I, in tech. <laughs> yeah, it's so, <laughs> yeah, it's so stereotypical, I know. And my coach and I, we were working on like that exact thing. Like what motivates you? Like what gets yeah. you like, you know, started on a problem or something like that. And I've started to this day, like treating everything like a problem. Yeah. Stuff that aren't even problems, like you need to do the dishes or you need to do your laundry. And I'm like, well, let me whiteboard this. Let me let me think about <laughs> who, who's the audience here? What what's the why? Uh <laughs> that's so funny. I don't actually do that with dishes. But I mean you could. Yeah, it it's always been this idea of truly understanding some motivation, really understanding the why, really understanding the problem. Uh, and really scoping that out to start coming up with the myriad of different solutions you can come up with. And that has always been the thing that excites me is, is starting on a problem and figuring out how do I even begin to understand, learn something new and craft a, a potential solution. Uh, I, I love that, especially the the picturing a whiteboard. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you have uh, uh, gotten on the iPad pencil bandwagon. Oh, here. yeah. So I, I, I use mine all the time, but I will say there's a difference when I use my iPad than if I were behind a whiteboard. I don't know what mm-hmm. it is. I know it's, I know it's in my head. I you, just think it's so you know, much we, better with a marker in my hand. We, we talk about, you know, what's changed the last 18 months. That has been the most difficult thing uh, yeah. is not being next to someone with a whiteboard and figuring out how to get Zoom to play nicely with screen sharing on the iPad or like yeah. using their terrible whiteboard feature, Zoom, if you're listening please invest in that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, we've gotten by and the, the iPad has seriously been clutch. It's been critical, but yeah, I agree. It, it's just not, just not the same. The same. No, I'm with you. I'm with him. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining me. This has been yeah, Zach, thanks for uh, having me. very fun and informative. And I, I'm look, really looking forward to uh next release of casted. Yeah. Thanks man. We're very, very excited. You'll definitely hear more from us about it. I'm excited. Thank you, my friend. <laughs>